Oh, welcome everybody to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter at PredictorHQ. On today's episode, we've got Scott Kellen back on the podcast. Uh, he's one of the contributors over here at SportsPredictor.com, and you can find his wonderful stuff on Twitter at Sixth Sense NFL, just like the movie. So, how's everything going, Scott? I know we haven't talked in a little bit. Hey, Al, uh, everything is great, and uh, yes, just like the movie, uh, all good, and uh, about halfway through the NFL season, uh, enjoying it, and uh, ramping up for the second half, and uh, you know, we got a lot more data to work with here, so... Uh, pretty excited to get into the second half of the season. I was just talking about that with somebody yesterday where it's like, how the hell the hell are we halfway through the NFL season already? Like, <laughs> it feels like a couple hours ago that I went out, you know, to watch the games for week one. And here we are now uh, about to recap week eight and then get into week nine. I Time flies. It's unbelievable. All right. It does, man. It'll be Christmas before you know it as well, too, right? Yeah. So. Great, great. More money flying out the pocket. Uh, all right, let's talk about week eight. How'd that go for you? Uh, week eight was good. We were three and one. And, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, I do a write up on every single game. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of the write ups were, were pretty spot on and um, got a pretty good feel. And it's always good, you know, when you're going through your write ups and kind of uh, trying to predict, you know, what, how you see a game going. And you see a lot of those games kind of play out that way. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel like you're kind of in tune with what's happening. And um, like I said, you know, that kind of gives you um, a little bit of hope and confidence going forward that uh, you're really reading some of these teams very well. And uh, and hopefully that, you know, translates to more wins in the second half of the season. Yeah. So did you have any – was there any one thing in particular that you came away from week eight saying, hey, you know, this team is on their way. This team is done for the rest of the year. Uh, anything big like that? Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a few things here. I mean, um, you know, with Cleveland, we learned that this is still a crap team coached by a uh, a very bad head coach that probably shouldn't be the head coach. Yeah. I really have to question how they run their offense. Uh, you know, they, they really, I think, need to run this through the running back, uh, Chubb, who they had some success with when they did that. But th- their offense is just uh, schematically, it's, it's just not in tune. Now, with all that said, though, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about their game later here in the podcast, um, you know, when they're playing teams that aren't great teams, I think they have a chance. So, um, But it, it just confirmed, again, against these good teams, they are not playing well. They are not really uh, set up right now to beat those good teams, and it got confirmed. But in that as well, as, as great as New England's been this year, I think what we saw in that game is – New England is very vulnerable against the run. Now, you know, is that enough to beat New England? They're, you know, they're a class A team uh, with the best head coach in the league, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we saw some vulnerabilities there. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that this week because, you know, they are probably facing uh, maybe the second best running team in the league uh, behind San Francisco. So they've got their work cut out from them uh, from that standpoint. And I think, you know, with the – in the Carolina-San Francisco game, my, my my numbers supported Carolina a little bit, but I thought the matchup was really bad because Carolina does not defend the run very well, and San Francisco has been phenomenal at the run, sure. and that really played out uh, very much so. And the thing with Carolina, 
I think their three or four previous games going into this week, they had had about a plus 14 turnover margin. Wow. Uh, and I, I felt like they were winning a lot of these games. They're obviously playing very well. Their defense has played very well. But they had a lot of short fields, and I felt they were getting a little lucky from that standpoint and was kind of waiting for that to regress a little bit. And, you know, clearly that happens uh, on Sunday, and we'll see what it means going forward. I like Kyle Allen, but I don't think Kyle Allen was, you know, everything that some people were setting him up to be as they were winning these games. And a lot of it, again, I think was very favorable field position from the turnovers uh, and whatnot. And I guess my, my other last, uh, you know, I, I guess just two quick other uh, uh, pointers that I took away from it. Uh, Tampa Bay, once again, I thought they outplayed Tennessee, uh, but they turned the ball over again. You know, it was just, it was bad James, Jameis Winston again. And My, uh, my poor Bucks, my poor Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that team has really good numbers, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot with penalties, uh, with turnovers, and... You know, it's hard to predict when you're going to get good versus bad Jameis Winston. And yeah. if you get the good Jameis Winston, I think they have a chance to be very good. But, you know, you just don't see that consistently enough. Well, and, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. You were talking about, you know, the Panthers with that plus 14 turnover uh, turnover differential. Well, a lot of that, you know, heavily boosted by the Buccaneers in that London game. That's right. That's exactly it. I think they had like seven in that game, right? Yeah. And, and I think – if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah. yeah maybe eight. And I know <laughs> – they had 37 points in that game, and I think 20 of those came either directly from a turnover or starting very deep in Tampa Bay field position. So, you know, it was a, it was a very good indication there of, you know, how they've had favor. Now, you know, it's, it's in, in some ways you get lucky with turnovers. In some way, hey, you know, you're doing the right things to create the turnovers, so you got to give them credit for that. Um, but you can't expect that every single game, and that's that's where I was kind of looking for that regression coming from Carolina at some point. We saw a little bit of that this week. Um, and the, the last thing I, I from a takeaway, I, I guess, would be, and I don't know how useful this will be going forward because at some point we're going to get Mahomes back. Uh, but Kansas City looked pretty decent with Moore uh, at quarterback. The interesting thing in that game, and I don't know what to do with the information, but they had a whole bunch of points there in the second quarter, almost like they caught Green Bay, Green Bay off guard a little bit. And then I think they only scored seven in the second half. So we'll see what they can do this week. They're going to face a pretty good defense in Minnesota. Um, I'm, I'm guessing more will start. I haven't heard enough information on that yet. Um, and again, if Mahomes comes back in, in you know next week or something, it doesn't really matter. But that was kind of my takeaway from that game uh, as well. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's get into Week Nine at this point. We'll uh, we'll begin it with the Thursday night football game where we've got the San Francisco 49ers favored by 10 points at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what are we thinking here? Niners, Niners probably stay undefeated, right? Yeah, I think so. I made the number 11. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not really into lane uh, double digits, especially on the road and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really interested in the side. I will note, you know, from a, from a side perspective, uh, Arizona this year has played what I would consider three quality teams for the most part. Uh, Carolina at home, they lost by 18. Seattle at home, they lost by 17. And then they went to New Orleans, lost by 22. Yeah. You know, that game last week was a little closer. And Kingsbury went for it, um, you know, on fourth and one, I think from his own 27. They were down by four. Kind of turned that game around. But still, I, I like what Arizona's doing. They got good energy. You know, they have a, a rhyme and a reason to what they're doing. But they're still, you know, they're not there, especially when they play the elite club. So I'm not playing the side, but I would probably lean towards San Fran. I am on the under. I did give that out earlier in the week under 44. I would go down as low as 43. Some pretty good situations. 
uh, that play under when you have large road favorites like this that have just worked like magic over the years, especially the last couple years, including uh, very often this year already. Um, so I am on the under 44. I make the number about 40. I think we got a little value there, uh, and I would probably lean towards San Francisco uh, as well. Yeah, I like that play with the under there for sure. Um, and then, you know, I, I believe Matt Breda and um, Raheem Mostert are probably going to miss this one for the 49ers. So, you know, it, it's so interesting what the Niners do with their running game. Like, it seems like they got three guys every single game that – or I was, I'm three different guys every single game that are, you know, toting that rock and really pounding it away. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, with uh, Tevin Coleman as the main guy there, obviously last week coming off that four-touchdown performance. So – um, you know, going to be interesting to see what Shanahan and the boys draw up there. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the other last point there, you mentioned the running, you know, they, I didn't check my numbers this week, but I know going into last week, you know, they're running the ball about 57% of the time. I don't think that number has changed much. So they get ahead. They're going to run the ball. That'll run clock. They should control the line of scrimmage and, and, you know, probably they'll probably have the ball for 35 to 40 minutes in this game. Uh, that should only hopefully contribute to yeah. our under, I mean, the, the one negative here, I guess, if they keep breaking off runs like they did last week, then <laughs> yeah. that, that could be a problem. But short of that, I think we'll be okay with, with the total on it. I like that. I like that. I will be playing that myself. Very nice. All right. Uh, let's look at this one. We'll dive into the Sunday afternoon slate. So we got the Chicago Bears at the Eagles. Uh, Eagles five-point favorites here with the total at 43. Anything in particular you like from this one? Not a whole lot. I'm not going to be on the game. I think I would lean under a little bit here. Chicago's just such a weird team. I mean, I, I will say this, you know, they they lost by seven at home week one to Green Bay, lost by 11 a couple weeks ago to New Orleans. That deficit was much larger until they got some garbage stuff in the end. Mm -hmm. Philly hasn't really blown anybody out. I mean, they took care of Buffalo in a game that kind of showed they're still they still have life in them last week. Um, and they, they beat the Jets um, without Sam Darnold. So I don't even really count that game. Everything else for Philly has been pretty close. I mean, at the end of the day, you do have a Philadelphia team here laying a fair amount of points to still a very good defense. Yep. Um, it's just, you know, it's a question, what are you going to get from the Bears offensively? Yeah. I've got situations going both ways, so I'm not I'm not really interested in the side. Okay. I would lean towards the under, um, but not, not much more uh, than that on that game. The market is certainly agreeing with you. Total opened at 44, currently at 42. Uh, both teams saw their implied team total dip down an entire point, too, so... Pretty significant stuff there. Uh, let's also talk about – let's keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. We'll go with the uh, Indy Colts uh, favored – what are they? One-and-a-half point favorites here uh, against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. They're just one-point favorites. Um, then we got a total of 43 in that game as well. Pretty interesting here for the Colts. I mean, you know, I was not one of the people that thought they would be done when Andrew Luck retired. I, I thought that, you know um, – I don't know why. Oh, Jacoby, I, he was escaping my my mind. Oh, Brissett, yeah, yeah, Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know, I was one of the you know people that thought that they can keep this right around five hundred, be on either side of that. Um, they are looking pretty decent here. Uh, they opened as a one and a half point dog, but have since gone to that one point favorite, as I mentioned. Uh, how you feeling about the Colts' chances in this one? Well, I, you know, I look at when you look at first of all, you know, Pittsburgh's going with a uh, backup quarterback that, you know, I think the jury's still out on Mason Rudolph. Uh, you look at Pittsburgh, they, you know, they, they beat this year. They have beaten Miami. Uh, you know, doesn't really count. Um, Cincinnati doesn't really count. And then, you know, they had a decent performance at, at the Chargers. 
um, where they won that game 24-17, got out to a big lead. So, the you know, the first point here I would look at is like, okay, so who has Pittsburgh beat this year that's really of quality? Yeah, Chargers are okay. Uh, you know, they're probably in the neighborhood of Indianapolis talent-wise, but they obviously have not delivered. Right. Um, I, I think I would lean towards Indy here. You know, the interesting thing with Indy is every game they've played this year has been decided by seven points or less. So, you know, if 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 they're if you can get them at Pickham or better, a tease here is probably not a bad option with them because at the very least, I don't see Pittsburgh winning this game by more than a touchdown. Yeah. So I think from now you don't want to cross over uh, the zero on a tease. So if they remain favored, uh, teasers, you're, you're going to lose a lot of value by doing that. But if you can get them at pick them or better, I think a tease is a very good way to go with Indianapolis. My numbers make the number make this total about 43, you know, so it's basically where, right where the total sits. But I do think this game will be a low scoring game. Uh, neither one of these teams really have big plays in their offense. And by that, I mean, you know, passing of uh, 20 yards or more. They sit in the bottom 10 in the league uh, as far as that goes. So I think anything that you see generated here, short of turnovers and whatnot, are, are fairly decent long drives uh, by each team and are going to obviously consume clock. You're going to get a fair amount of running in this game. So I think the under has a very good chance, especially if you could still find a 43. 23-20 uh, is a very likable score in this game, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I would lean towards Indian a teaser um, and under in this game if I was playing it. All right. We talked about it a little bit earlier with Patrick Mahomes. You know, his status up in the air for this game. Uh, we got the Vikings traveling to KC to take on the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I thought I saw a two and a half uh, point favoritism here for the Chiefs. Uh, not sure. I, I'm seeing some places it's not even on the board. Uh, total, same exact thing. So, how how do you you think there's any value? Like, whenever this line comes out, you think that there's any value there for you know Kirk Cousins and the Vikings now. This is interesting. I don't know if you know about this. I'm sure you do. But uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily have OCD, but, you know, like a very regimented schedule. So in these one o'clock games, he's absolutely dynamite. But when you put him on Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, whatever the case is, he's all thrown. He's all out of whack. Uh, do you, number one, do you, you know, take anything from that? And uh, two, how could that help the Vikings on Sunday? Well, I so first of all, I didn't know about the OCD. I mean, I know he's had uh, enormous problems in prime time. Uh, we've seen that over the years, and he's also had uh, really a lot of problems with winning teams. And I don't have it in front of me; I'd have to go back. But I look back, and this goes back to his days with the Redskins as well as the Vikings. Um, I want to say he's like eleven and forty. That that might have been a oh, Stafford my. number, oh, but it, it's it's a real bad number against good teams. Yeah. Um, so you, you've always got to worry about that. I mean, he's been on a phenomenal run. The last week put that to the side. I think they just wanted to get in and get out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, prior to that, they played the Giants, and uh, the other teams are escaping me at the moment. But the Eagles have won. Great teams. Eagles and Lions. Eagles and Lions. Yeah, yeah. Lions. Uh, you know, Eagles, okay. But the Eagles give up a lot of points on the road, typically. Um, and and you know, the secondary wasn't that good. Yep. So – I give him credit for that, but I think the jury's still out if he's completely turned all that around. Um, but so we'll see what happens here. He's going to play a good team. I do think if I think if Mahomes plays, you'll see this line about two and a half, like you said. If he doesn't play, you're probably going to see the Vikings favored three, three and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I don't think I'm playing the side. I'm still not confident what I'm getting out of KC. Um, the over could be intriguing here, though, because. 
you know, KC's defense, we know what that is, and, and Minnesota has the ability to hit on some big plays if they want to. Um, and on top of that, Minnesota's defense has been a little bit susceptible uh, to teams that want to throw the ball a little bit. So I could see KC getting some points here as well. The totals, you know, I think 46, 47, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, uh, so I would probably look to the over, if anything. Uh, but right now, I don't think I'm playing the game. So I'm looking on, um, you know, I use FanDuel Sportsbook. So I'm looking at the line there. That's actually Vikings favored two and a half. I did not see that on the other one I was looking at. And then they don't even have a total on the board for that game. Obviously, you know, the, the status of Mahomes is affecting that. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of wait and see on that one. But I am very interested to watch that game this week. Again, too, you know, the Chiefs run defense really bad going up against one of the best run offenses in the league. So, you know, certainly like that angle for the Vikings there. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about some 4 o'clock games and beyond. Uh, we got three uh, three very intriguing ones here. So we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by six in this one. Now, on the notes that I gave you, I did say that this is the biggest total move of the week. However, that has been trumped uh, by another 4 o'clock game that we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, the total, regardless, went down, it went from 53 down to 50 and a half on this one. Uh, we saw early, in week one, we saw Andy Dalton absolutely lace this uh, Seahawks defense. Um, been a couple other, you know, bad positions there for the Seattle secondary. But is this a game where Jameis and the boys could potentially pull a sneak? Or is this just, you know, going to be Seattle home domination? No, I think if we if we get good Jameis here, um, good Jameis. I love how I love how I have two different quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know how you know how he goes, right? And you know the interesting thing. Well. I, I was on them last week, which obviously was a loss. It was my one loss for the week, and um, you know, early in the year, he he had a really bad game against San Francisco week one. Yeah, and I was reading the Tampa Bay paper, and they had kind of gone back and looked at some of his worst games. And I think he was like five and one coming off his worst game. So he'd kind of rebounded, regrouped and played a good game. And he, and he, and then they played uh, Carolina on a Thursday night in that next game and he played well and they won the game. Yep. So I was kind of hoping and expecting we'd get a little bit better Jameis uh, last week. And we didn't obviously. Um, but I think we'll get a, a, you know, as you said, Al, Seattle's defense is nothing, uh, nothing great to write home about. Right. I think Tampa Bay, if, if we get a legitimate Jameis Winston here, I think they have a very good chance to win this game. Um, and you know, you look back at Seattle. Seattle beat Arizona, who's not a great team, uh, by 17. Beat Atlanta last week by seven. They were way much, much more ahead in that game and kind of just sat on the ball. Um, but short of those two games, which I would consider against their weakest opponents, um, and, and they beat Cincinnati by one, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, They beat Pittsburgh by two. They lost to New Orleans, beat the Rams by one, beat Cleveland by four. Uh, and lost to Baltimore by 14. So against the better teams, they haven't had any kind of margin at all, uh, and certainly not margin that equals what this spread is. And Tampa Bay's, you know, the, the interesting thing about Tampa Bay, they're, if not number one, right up there at the top of the league in defending the run, which is kind of what Seattle likes to do. They Tampa Bay has a very stout um, uh, defensive line that's been very good against the run this year. Their secondary is their weakness. Seattle might throw the ball at them. So I also like this game probably over the total. I'm hoping that the total keeps coming down, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And uh, 51 is a key number. We get that to 15 and a half. 
Uh, that would probably be a buy signal for me for sure. I make the number 51. So there's not, I don't really necessarily have a lot of value from a total perspective. But b- beyond the number, you can also get a sense of how this game will play out a little bit. And I think there will be passing because Seattle won't have a lot of success running. Tampa Bay likes to throw the ball anyway. Um, I think, you know, as long as the weather's okay, I think you can see a fair amount of points. And I like Tampa Bay uh, getting the six points as well. Yay! I'm kind of, you know, their uh, their only game against, you know, this is like typical fandom here, but their only game against an NFC West opponent on the road this season was that game in Los Angeles. So I'm hoping that there's some sort of correlation there that Jameis just does not like the uh the NFC West and you know absolutely lights the sky that would be beautiful. hey let, let's hope so right yeah that's one of that's one of those trends where you're like yeah well in August when he's wearing his pants backwards you know <laughs> oh goodness all right this, this to me is a very interesting line we got the Packers favored by three at the Chargers now I always find it interesting to see a road team right like I look at three as a very key number for a road team however I don't think three seems like enough for the Packers, right? Like, to me, you know, watching these two teams this year, it feels like the Packers should clobber the Chargers and this line should be higher. Does this three-point spread give you any, like, head-scratching, or is, do you think this is right where it should be? Um, I may, I'm just looking here. I made the number, uh, actually, Green Bay by five and a half. So, oh, yeah. um, so there's some value there. Now, the flip side of that is, you know, I, I look at a lot of situations. They don't dictate everything for me, but they they certainly guide me and, and help, you know, keep me uh, uh, off of games that are just in really bad situations. The Chargers qualify in a very good contrary situation. It's 217 wins, 93 losses, five ties. So it's, it's been a very successful one. And and really, there's some more details to it, but the, the heart and soul of it is basically saying – Look, you get a team uh, who is covering 35% or less against the spread versus a team who's covering 60% or more. That stuff tends to regress to the mean uh, over the course of the season. NFL is a bit of a contrarian league uh, in in some way, shape, or form. So the Chargers qualify in that situation. Uh, So it it certainly gets me thinking twice if I'd want to play Green Bay because of that. But like I said, I make them about five and a half. There's really no home field advantage. You're going to have a ton of Packer fans there. And the Packers just kind of have it going. Now, the Chargers did get rid of Ken Wisenhunt, their offensive coordinator, last week. So we'll see what that really uh, looks like. You know, who knows what that's going to mean. They are getting a little bit healthier on offense. You know, Hunter Henry came back a few weeks ago. Russell Okung came back last week at their left tackle position. Um, And, you know, hopefully Keenan Allen. I know he had some hamstring problems last week, but he played. Uh, Hopefully he's okay and good to go. So they are getting a little bit healthier there. They're starting to get a little bit back on defense. Um, I don't really, I, I don't rate as of right now, I'm not playing the game. I would probably lean towards green Bay. That's where the value is, but that situation on the charges kind of keeps me off of playing it as well. All right. All right. Very interesting. All right. So speaking of interesting, we've got Baker Mayfield who had, <laughs> who had himself a little, uh, you know, off the off the handle moment earlier today with the media. Uh, they him and his Browns will be favored by three points at the Broncos. Um, now this was actually the biggest total movement of the week, uh, with Joe Flacco being out. I believe it's Brandon Allen will be the quarterback for the yes. Broncos. Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm I'm shocked by this. Like, is Drew Locke like not ready to go? Or I, I'm I cannot believe that they didn't go with him instead of Allen. Well, I think he he was uh, – I, I may not be right on this. Uh, I thought he was on an IRR. 
He may came off of IR because I think uh, week nine is his first week, which is where we're at. Yeah. And I think they may have a bye after this. So I thought I read somewhere where they said they'll get him ready to go. And after the bye, you know, maybe they would look to use him then. So maybe it's just a, a prep thing to get him, you know, up and running. And, and that's what they're thinking about. Yeah, I'm super excited to see Locke play because I felt like, you know, he would be one of the better quarterbacks coming out of this draft. And obviously, you know, Broncos getting a huge value where they ended up getting him. But at the same time, I just don't want this guy to end up like all the other Denver quarterbacks because that certainly isn't working out for a lot of them. Uh, nonetheless, with, with that, um, how, how are we feeling about the Browns in this game? Are they finally going to get off the schneid? Not only cover, but are they going to get a win here? Yeah, I, I think um, – I know this line is getting juiced pretty heavy in the three. I don't know that it want to lay three and a half. But uh, I've gone against the Browns a fair amount this year. As I said, you know, you go back to last year um, with Baker Mayfield. When they played a team that made the playoffs last year or a team that I would uh, say has the capabilities and we expect to likely make the playoffs this year, so good teams, they're two and nine straight up. They've scored, I wrote it in my write-up last week, they've scored like 12, 13, 13, 13, 14, 3, 13 points against those teams, uh, whatever the numbers are. The bottom line is they're not beating these really good teams, and they're not scoring points. Their offense has not been good against these teams, uh, and they give up a whole bunch of points. But with that said, when they play these teams who are not very good, you know, I'm just looking back uh, at their schedule last year. Uh, they beat the Falcons 28-16. They beat the Bengals 35-20. Um, they beat the Panthers 26, 20, uh, interestingly enough, they went to Denver and won 17 to 16. So yeah. close game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they did. Yeah. They did play in Denver. Like yeah. And I had them in that game. I remember they were getting like two or something, I think, yep, yep. uh, they beat the Bengals 26, 18, and then finished the year with a two point loss at the Ravens who were a playoff team. So, and then this year, of course, uh, they beat a Sam Darnold less, uh, Jets team. And I don't have the rest of their games right in front of me. Bottom line though. I think against they have so much talent that even though they're so poorly coached against bad teams, I think they will win this game and probably win this game going away. You got this quarterback, who knows what we're going to get out of that. Um, and then on top of that, you know, they got rid of Emmanuel Sanders uh, last week. And so they're, you know, they're a little shorthanded at the receiver position. I just think there's too much talent. And at minus three or less, I would probably uh, take a shot with Cleveland. I think they will probably win this game pretty easily. As long as mentally they're in the game and not, you know, completely depressed. The the other thing is they're two and five. I think going into this thing, we could wake up and do another podcast four weeks from now, and they could easily be six and five um, because their schedule is getting pretty easy now. Yep. They've played a yep. very difficult schedule up to this point. Yeah, that that is certainly true. Now, again, looking at uh, Fanduel, uh, they've got uh, minus one twenty five juice on the Browns at minus three. So certainly that is uh, that's good news for for the Browns right there. Yeah. And that's been, that etched up a little bit today. I think it was like 119, 120, a lot of places. And so they're not going to three and a half, but you know, to your point, they're, they're uh, raising that juice pretty heavy now. Indeed. All right, let's get to prime time. More importantly, the main event for week nine, <laughs> the, uh, the new England Patriots, three and a half point favorites at the Baltimore Ravens. We've got a total of 45 on this game. So, uh, talking about the juice again, looking at it on FanDuel, uh, Baltimore has, uh, minus 120 uh, juice there at three and a half, at plus three and a half. So, I mean, finally, we're going to see the Patriots against a good team because, you know, they've essentially been sleepwalking their way to this undefeated record so far. Um, what, what do the Ravens need to do to win this game? 
I think run it down their throat. You know, the, um, you know, the, the one worry I would have uh, probably two worries. I mean, there's, Yes, New England's played a very easy schedule. I still think they're extremely talented on defense, obviously. And then you got Belichick coaching. And you know Belichick's going to try to take away what the other team does best, which, of course, is run the ball. I don't know that they'll be able to do that. But, um, you know, Lamar Jackson having to sit back and throw the ball uh, could be troublesome. They, you know, they haven't been super um, great at throwing the ball this year. They're below average at it, quite frankly. Yeah. But they can run the ball down your throat. And again, you know, you go back to that game against Cleveland last week um, and, you know, New England gave up a lot of yards rushing and has really all year. And if Baltimore can get that running game going, then I think, you know, they, they've got a shot here. I've got I don't use very many rushing uh, situations anymore because the game has kind of become a passing game. But the one situation that I do use, which plays on home dogs that rush the ball very well, uh, that does apply here. And um, so, you know, there's there's a chance Baltimore can get their game going. And, you know, New England's offense is really average at best. They've still got some troubles on the offensive line. Uh, you know, you look back to last week, they, you know, they picked up that fumble and returned it for a touchdown. They got another fumble. So they had to go, I don't know, what, whatever it was, 11 yards for a touchdown. Right. This offense is not great. And, you know, the Baltimore defense isn't great. Um, so. I think Baltimore's got a legitimate shot to win this game. I don't know what I'm going to do yet from a side perspective. Um, right now, as we talk, I'm leaning under, but and I've gone on, gone under on a lot of New England games this year. Uh, I've got to look at that a little bit more. Just you know, but I, I again, if Baltimore's going to win this game and run the ball, they're going to eat clock as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think right now I'm leaning under, and I would probably lean Baltimore. I don't like to go against doing a lot, and. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, I mean, they've covered 60, 62 percent of their games since, right. you know, Belichick got there. But um, I would lean Baltimore and under right now. Now, I want to ask you about this because I, I in my head, like like I told you, you know, for road teams when they're favored by three, you know, that that's like a key number for me. But uh, another thing that I always look at is the money line. So not seeing New England at. 200 or better on the money line kind of gives me a little reason to think, eh, I don't know. Ravens money line might be an interesting play here. Um, I don't know. I, that's just something I've always looked at with, you know, in terms of money lines, but um, do you, I mean, one fit plus one fifty six for the Ravens on the money line worth it. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I, what I would have to do is just kind of go and, and see if that's kind of in, in lock with what a money line should be at that spread. Uh, but right. if it is, I think so. I mean, look, if, if Baltimore can do what, what they need to do uh, in this game, then I think they have a very legitimate shot to win this game. And, you know, the, we started to see a, a, a few deficiencies in new England last week. And to your point, we haven't really seen them against, you know, a, a quality club. Um, you know, they, they, they've been dominant against the other teams. So you got to give them some credit for that. But, uh, I think I think there's a very legitimate shot here. Uh, and here's the other thing. They're not they're not being coached by Larry, the cable guy like we have over in Cleveland this week. <laughs> you know, they're they're being coached by John Harbaugh. Right. And this is the guy who knows how to how to um, scheme and coach against Bill Belichick and company. So um, this is a, this is going to be a very, very exciting game to watch. I like that. He's not he's not Larry the Cable guy. He's Johnny the football guy. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's uh, let's end this uh, this whole shindig here uh, in my neck of the woods, not too far from where I live. We're gonna have the Cowboys 
favored by seven points at the New York Giants. We got a total of 48 on this one. Now, uh, we saw these two teams play each other in week one. The Cowboys absolutely cleaned the field with the Giants. Uh, and, of course, I watched that around, like, every single Giants fan. So it was just a very <laughs> depressing day as my Buccaneers were getting wiped off the field, too. But um, yes. any any chance in hell that the Giants cover this one? I mean, I you know, we were just talking about, like, three being a key number. I mean, this is a solid seven on the road for the Giants. I'm sorry, for the for the Cowboys. Yeah, um, I'm probably not going to play the side. I'm not really interested in, in laying the points. The problem I have with taking the Giants is two things. Number one, Wait, Cowboys only, coming... only two things. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe uh, there's more. Let me uh, let me just give you two. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Cowboys coming off a bye. Uh, week six or later, teams favored by three or more in the road off a bye. 46 and 19. Wow. So the Cowboys are very good in that. Now that situation hasn't been great the last three or four years. So uh, just to be fully transparent, but over the years it's done well. And then the other thing I look at here is the Giants, as you mentioned earlier, Al, they lost in week one to the to the Cowboys by 18. They lost to New England by 21. Granted, both those games were on the road. And they lost at home to Minnesota by 18. So the the way I look at that is when they've stepped up in competition – they haven't been real competitive, and that would worry me a little bit uh, in terms of they, if they can be competitive here. If, if if this was a Dallas team just coming off another game last week and going to uh, New York, maybe they could catch them a little bit. But i got to figure Dallas is going to be a little bit more ready for this. They just And remember, they just played there a few weeks ago against the Jets. They lost that game, of course, yeah. which is still kind of shocking. But um, I'm actually probably going to play the under in this one. Got a couple decent situations, uh, again, with a large road favorite that uh, go under uh, pretty consistently. Um, and also, it's a divisional game. I can just tell you, late in the season, higher totals, divisional games tend to go under. That kind of works uh, like clockwork year after year. So I will probably take a shot on the under in this game uh, and probably leave the side alone. Yeah, that is interesting that the Cowboys, ju- like literally a couple weeks ago, just played uh, the Jets, and it's very interesting too because it's not necessarily, you know, home field advantage for the Giants. I mean, there's so many Cowboys fans that infiltrate MetLife Stadium. It's ridiculous. I don't. You've ever seen that movie uh, Beer League with Artie Lang? No, no. Oh, very great movie. Very great movie. Must see. It. I like but, Artie Lang though, so I, uh, I need to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a guy Devanzo in the you know like the typical you know Italian dude, but you know he. He, the character with him and uh you know he's a cowboys fan from jersey so i was just say there's there's always a bunch of devanzos in the in that life stadium <laughs> when the cowboys come to town so oh goodness well scott this was an unbelievable talk thank you for joining us uh much appreciated uh definitely gonna have more talks with scott throughout the nfl season um you got to have, you know, you got to have your most knowledgeable people on hand for this stuff. So uh, make sure you follow Scott at Sixth Sense NFL. You're spelling out Sixth, S-I-X-T-H, uh, Sixth Sense NFL. And, of course, make sure you give us a follow at SportsPredictor.com on Twitter at uh, PredictorHQ. Make sure you go to uh, SportsPredictor.com as well for all that other wonderful information that we got from all of our uh, real-time sports bettors. Uh, anything that you want to leave the people with before we get ready to go into week nine? Uh, no, I mean, just uh, number one, just say, hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we do a full write-up in every game that we do. So, um, you know, whether whether you 
believe in what we say for best bets or not. I think the information is always good to give you, like I said, full information in every game. And, and you can use that to the best of your ability to make decisions. And, um, uh, you know, just real, real excited for the second half of the year here and, um, you know, to see uh, what happens here going forward. So a lot of good teams and a lot of teams still in the race and um, a lot of things in doubt. It's very competitive. So it should be a great second half of the year for the NFL. Very good, very good. Once again, folks, sportsprotector.com is where you find all the best information. We've got two more pods coming up tomorrow. we got Doug West talking some uh, college basketball, which I'm very excited about. And then also uh, Stephen Rosenthal, who will be talking about uh, his company and all sorts of uh, cryptocurrency and whatnot. So that should be a very interesting discussion. Again, folks, sportsprotector.com. We'll see you next time. 